The reason why, Chris, I opened the show yesterday by taking antacid tablets, it turns out it wasn't because of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, that was an overreaction. Yes, it is because of my poor gut health. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Southside Beat, episode number 11. Today is Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. My name is Corey Christen. Next to me, as always, is Chris Halleck. What's up, guys? And today, Chris, is... More of a sober Tuesday than the hot take overreaction Monday that we're so accustomed to throughout the course of the NFL season. Oh, yeah. And today on this Tuesday, as the Pittsburgh Steelers said 0-1 in preparation of the Cleveland Browns next Monday night, we learned a lot about the state of the team from the standpoint of not only what went wrong on Sunday in the 30 to seven beat down at the hands of the 49ers. Yeah. But also we learned a lot about the status of multiple Steelers that came out of the injury tent into the locker room now have to go under the knife, so to speak with surgery, at least when it comes to cam Hayward. And it's a laundry list by this point for a team that came out of the preseason as healthy as they potentially could have. The Steelers suddenly are ailing at multiple positions. What's up, Ryan? Appreciate the shout out. Um, appreciate everybody joining us live uh, if you are. And uh, um, obviously, if you're listening to this later on, we appreciate you being here. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's um, it's bad. Obviously, Cam going down with that injury and, and, and having to have surgery for it, that's a huge blow to the defensive line. I mean, we talked about how deep this roster is ahead of the season. And right away, that depth is going to be put to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, Deontay Johnson is another one. And, you know, I it, it's funny because now that Deontay is not going to be there, I'm really curious to see how many Steelers fans are going to do a 180 on him. Because there are a lot of fans that complain about Deontay, complain about the running backwards after the catch, that complain about, you know, the drops and everything like that. But now he's not going to be there. And George Pickens slides up to the one. And then after that, it's, you know, you got Allen Robinson. He's a good, you know, he's a good, you know, good Reliable veteran receiver. Target. Yeah. Reliable yeah. Good target. veteran receiver. But then after that, it's a lot of, I don't know, you know, Calvin Austin has potential, but he's far from battle tested. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski, you know, we saw what he did in the offense last year, nothing to be impressed about. Um, and I think if week one can show you anything is that while training camp and preseason can, you know, be great for a team, you know, it's training camp and preseason. It means a whole lot more when you're lining up against another team on the other side and the other team is really freaking good. And it's not going to get any easier this week when they play the Cleveland Browns uh, because Cleveland's a real deal. And I'm not saying that because, you know, of any recency bias, I predicted before the season that Cleveland was going to finish over 500 this year. Mm -hmm. They're, they're a good team. It's not going to be easy uh, on Monday. And, the injuries are piling up and it's uh, this roster will be tested now. Mm -hmm. So as it goes, today is Tomlin Tuesday. Mike Tomlin, of course, gave his weekly press conference over on the South side. It was a long press conference and it was probably, (laughs) Oh, half and half between his opening statement and a Q and a, which is pretty much the norm, except this was, I believe about a 30 minute session. between start and finish. So this was a really long one. And of course, Tomlin broke down to the best of his knowledge, the injuries. So this is all via Mike Tomlin. Um, Cam Hayward is having surgery on his groin. 
but Tomlin did not unveil a timetable of how long he's going to miss. Now, reports are out there that say Hayward could be placed on IR, that he's going to miss about two months, but the Steelers and Mike Tomlin did not unveil any detail as far as a, um, you know, a concrete timeline with Cam Hayward. Yeah. Uh, Tomlin used the phrase for Deontay Johnson that he will quote unquote, probably be unavailable this week with mm-hmm. his hamstring injury. And he mentioned by name, Gunnar Olszewski being ready to carry the load and participate. That's another direct quote. Yeah. And you look at, keep going down the injury list. Chooksakorafor is in the concussion protocol. Pat Fryermuth with his chest injury. James Daniels was in a walking boot. And Tomlin expected those three, along with Larry Ogunjobi, to be limited early this week. Maybe not so much Ogunjobi, but to be limited in practice yeah. early this week. And of course, keep in mind, the Steelers do have the extra day um, yeah. to prepare that for helps. the Browns next Monday night, which does Right help. now, anything helps. Anything helps. <laughs> yes. So... And the final note, I guess, here is that Kenny Pickett did not um, experience concussion symptoms on the sideline after that hit. Yeah, there's early some in the concern game. That's about coming that. From, that's coming yeah. from Mike Thomas. There's concern about that because of the replay. When you watch yeah. the replay, it looks like, oh, Kenny could be hurt here. It looks but, like another one, yeah. But again, S- similar said, to the one against the Ravens last year. But again, Tomlin said, you know, he trusts the independent experts. And the independent experts did not see. He does that a lot. Um, you know, a concussion. <laughs> they did not see the symptoms. So, yeah. okay. So now, and yes, Miles Boykin in a walking boot as well as as, um, as Robert points out here. Miles um, um, Boykin in a walking boot, but Mike Tomlin did not make a mention of him today. Monongahela Mike asked, how bad is Deontay? As far as injury is concerned, uh, we know it's was a hamstring. Like a few weeks, yeah. And the report is that he could be out a few weeks. Now, No moves as far as official transactions or practice squad elevations or free agent signings or whatever were made today. So it's appearing that they're going to wait and see throughout the week. And I'm not expecting Deontay to play based on Mike Tomlin's comments. I'd be stunned if he played Monday. Um, Okay. Which would would mean, mean, yes, George Pickens should get the lion's share of targets, but I don't necessarily think he slides – Yes, but I don't think he necessarily <laughs> slides into the Deontay Johnson role per se no, along the offense. That could be Allen Robinson. That could be Allen Robinson or or Calvin Austin. Or Gunnar Olszewski, as Mike Tomlin said by name. Yeah. I, Kenny I, loves Gunnar Olszewski. That's I know Kenny from, loves Gunnar. This is okay. from training camp. Gun- Kenny loves Gunner. You're gonna Kenny make me go down the rabbit Gunner. trail, Corey. You're gonna make me no, go down no, the rabbit trail. I, I'm just making a statement. <laughs> I'm just making a statement. I know. That's all. I know that, but what I'm what I'm saying. Okay, we gotta we gotta address this real quick because this has gotta this has gotta be put to bed. Let's get Brian says let's get JJ Watt to help replace Cam. Listen, from everything that I that everybody can see, he is enjoying retirement life. Mm-hmm. There is nothing to suggest that he is in football shape, and there's a difference between being in shape and being in football shape. That goes without saying. If unless he is somehow in football shape, because everything about like him, you know, doing his, you know, studio um, analyst job and, you know, being a part time owner of a European football club. There's just nothing to suggest that J.J. Watt wants to play football right now, mm-hmm. regardless of what he tweeted. Let's mm-hmm. let's just if it happens, I'll be shocked. But let's just all assume that it's not going to happen. Yes, he's making he's made enough money in his career. He has done enough. He is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Swan asks, can you go into some details about what Keanu Benton did against the 49ers? Well, blanket statement, one sentence answer. He was 
excellent at rushing the quarterback. He did very well from a nose tackle perspective. Not and keep in mind, yeah. DK and Ramon talked about this yesterday. By the way, DK and Ramon on the Ramon Foster show in about 52 minutes or so uh, here on a Tuesday. Um, the Steelers don't have the Casey Hampton at nose tackle. D, uh, DK and Ramon did a nice job of mentioning this yesterday. And, that, and this was more in reference to Montrevious Adams, who, by the way, was the only player that gave effort on that 65-yard McCaffrey touchdown run. He was the only <laughs> one even remotely close to bringing him down, and that's the nose tackle chasing him down. Yeah. But point is, Keanu Benton is not your prototypical Casey Hampton. He's not built like Casey Hampton. He no. is a much quicker, much more athletic, much more active as far as hands are concerned and feet are concerned than your true nose tackle. So that being said, and this correlates back to the Cam Hayward injury discussion, because what do the Steelers do right now? My, if I had the pencil, as it is, as is said in the wrestling industry, if I had the pencil and if I were able to make the transaction, what I would do is put Cam on IR if he was injured that bad and he had to have surgery and he was going to miss that much time. And I would call Brain Fahoko up from the practice squad. And I would make Keanu Benton uh, into that versatile, almost like Leal was last year, as far as nose tackle splitting with an end. Because I think mm. having Keanu Benton's ability with speed on the end, as opposed to the nose in that different gap, can be a bit of a difference while having Fahoko occupy the middle as the true nose. That, what that, say you yeah. about that? No, that three technique for, for Keanu Benton, I was even saying it whenever he was coming out of the draft before the Steelers even drafted him. Yes, Keanu Benton was a nose tackle in college, and he can play in uh, you know right over the center in the NFL at times, but he is not a true mm -hmm. space eater. He is better suited for um, – he is better suited for – a three technique, more yes. defensive tackle slash defensive end, defensive end in a three, four defense. I'll put it that mm -hmm. way. Um, that, that is what he is best suited for. I, I think he can slide between different gaps. I think he can be right over the guard. I think he could be, be between the guard and the tackle. I think he could be between the center and the guard. I really think he could kind of shift all throughout that uh, area right there. But I do think like a three technique is like, kind of the perfect spot for him just because he's big enough to give them a hard time, but he's also quick enough where it, it's a really, it's really a good blend of power and size with mm -hmm. him uh, in that spot. And so I honestly think, and, and Matt Williamson, if, if anybody hasn't read a war room on uh, DK Pittsburgh sports.com yet, uh, go read it. Uh, Matt Williamson's piece. It, it's really good. And he was also high on Keanu Benton after, after the game. So mm -hmm. I absolutely think that Benton should be an answer here, uh, regardless of what happen happens with Ogunjobi. Um, I, I understand that, you know, typically Mike Tomlin or coaches don't want to give a rookie a, a, a starting job that quickly or out of the gate with, you know, limited reps, but he looks good. And, I mean, I honestly think that he probably could end up becoming the most productive player in that mm -hmm. spot while Cam's out. And I'm mm -hmm. including Ogunjobi in that just because I don't, I don't know if I can trust Ogunjobi to stay healthy. By the way, we are 11 minutes and 28 seconds into this stream. I uh, at, at the 1020 mark, I recognize that the layout, if you're watched on YouTube, had Ramon Foster show graphics and not Southside Beat graphics. Oh, so, no. <laughs> good one on my part. Good one on my part. Nice job, Corey. Way to pay attention to detail. Um, a lot of comments coming across about Keanu Benton and, of course, the uh, defensive line for the Steelers, as they should, because losing Cam Hayward not only affects the, the rest of the defense, because yeah. that's their captain, that's their that's their guy. Um, 
This is going to affect heavily that D-line room. I love this comment from Ryan. He says we might get a bigger Watts sighting, Armand, not the <laughs> brother Watts. That's that's very true. Armand Watts yeah. will all likely be active on Monday. Uh, he was obviously a healthy scratch, um, you know, on Sunday against the 49ers. Yeah. Um, Randy says Keanu Benton looked great in his first couple plays, and the 49ers adjusted. The 49ers adjusted on spot. Now, run defense versus pass defense, as far as what Keanu Benton was able to do, I think were two different things. Yeah. And really a lot of that a lot of that credit goes to the San Francisco offensive line and the way they were able to kind of trap block, the way they were able to create Move holes everybody. for Christian McCaffrey. They moved and everybody. even then, even then, the holes for for Christian McCaffrey, there were some plays where obviously like the touchdown run where things got broken up. But McCaffrey had to slip through some pretty tight holes. So I don't think the the breakdown of the run game is all on the Steelers' defensive line. I think a lot of it, and Mike Tomlin talked about this today, had to do with linebacker communication, had to do with assignments. What yeah. do they say? A, assignment, alignment, and technique? I think some of that had to do with assignment and had to do with that so-called gap integrity that gets talked about, and that had to circle all that back. Now, the issue with Cam Hayward being out, the number one issue being the leadership, Number two, being depth. And at this point, the Steelers are a little starved for depth and healthy depth at that position. It's important to note that Mike Tomlin did not make a mention today specifically of DeMarvin Leal, who exited the game, was questionable return, et cetera, on Sunday with a triceps, arm issue, um, what have you. So Mike Tomlin did not specifically mention DeMarvin Leal today. So practice report, injury report throughout the week will have to be vital to pay attention to. Okay, I gotta I gotta address this too because I, I really don't want to go too far down the Kenny slash Matt Canada rabbit trail. <clears throat> but Frank V says we need a new quarterback. Kenny isn't an NFL starting caliber quarterback. The first thing about that is it's way too early to judge Kenny on whether he's an NFL quarterback or not. It's just way too early. He doesn't even have a full season of starts under his belt yet. Um he has flashed signs of being able to be a legitimate quarterback. I don't want to say necessarily franchise quarterback, but he is he has shown that he has the capability of doing certain things. And you know, before the before the game, I talked about the intangibles. I talked about the leadership. You know, not buckling under pressure. We saw that in Baltimore last year. We saw that against the Raiders last year. Coming through when the team needed it, when the team was fighting for a playoff spot, and when they were down late in the fourth quarter, he willed them. He was he had ice in his veins. He was as cool as could be. You don't see that from a lot of young guys. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't see that Sunday. He was he's very much very much rattled for whatever reason it was. Um, Max Stark said before the game, DK pointed this out yesterday, but Max Stark said before the game that the whole team just didn't look like they were ready to play, and. You know, players can notice that they notice that stuff. Uh, so I don't know what what was up with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I also don't think that Matt Canada's schemes help Kenny out whatsoever, even if they're tailored to Kenny's strengths. There was a play last. You know, I, I talked yesterday about how on Kenny's first interception, how all the routes were going to one side of the field. Let me give you another example of how bad Matt Canada's schemes are. When they were had that when they had that fourth down. In the red zone, four wide receivers go, or four, three receivers and a tight end go out for passes. 
all four are running verticals <laughs> in the red zone. Ah, uh, yes, the old eight yard four verticals. It's, it's like, like a misclick on Madden. That's phenomenal. That, that's, I laughed when I saw that. That that is. I and the thing is, is that like I, I saw that. I haven't put anything on social media because I'm keeping everything for my from for my story. But that's that's been going around social media too. But I noticed that doing my study, I'm like, this dude's schemes are just awful. Like, sure. what are you supposed to do with three with four verticals in the red zone? You're asking your quarterback to make a perfect pass in order to make that work. That's just not give him more layups, give him easier plays, give him routes where okay, if if one or two doesn't work, give him an easy check down, give him an easy three, give him something as a bailout. And stop attacking the 49ers strength over and over and over again when they show you that they are constantly beating you. Like mm-hmm. it just it was a bad game for Matt Canada. The more and more I've gone back to watch it, it was a bad game for Matt Canada too. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to blame Kenny. Yes, Kenny was bad. Kenny was really bad. But Matt Canada was really bad too. Period. There's just no arguing that. Both were bad. But the play calling did not help the, the, the cause either. Kenny did not help it was his own. All cause. bad. It was all bad across um, the board. I'm not trying to rehash yesterday or anything like no. that. But you know, when people want to say, oh, well, it's it's Kenny, it's like He's not getting any help from his OC. He's just not. Mm-hmm. If Kenny was in Kyle Shanahan's system, I think we'd be talking a lot different about Kenny Pickett. Let's just put it. I'll put it that way. Jerry brings yes. up a point. Kenny did miss layup. Sorry about that. Well, he did. He did. <laughs> he did. Absolutely. Jerry, he was bad Jerry, too. Jerry brings up a point. It looks like we will need some young guys on offense and defense. Joey Porter Jr. and Broderick Jones may be an option. Let's start with Broderick Jones as an option. And that's the key word option um most of it if not all of it will depend on chooks for his health and whether he clears concussion protocol this week before monday night's game mm-hmm. there's the component that dan moore jr was graded this is pro football focus this is analytics was graded as the worst offensive tackle in the nfl last week in the worst in pass blocking yeah so dan moore jr had as bad of a week as you could have asked for at left tackle and bad. then once chooks for went down late in the game Broderick Jones came in at left tackle and Dan Moore slid over to the right side, which yeah. is what happened in Latrobe and training camp and in the preseason. We saw mm-hmm. Dan Moore work as that swing tackle. Now, is starting Broderick Jones a solution or is that in a means to a cause? Not sure quite yet. Joey Porter Jr. is an interesting case because, yes, Levi Wallace got torched. Pat P. let up two touchdown grabs on five targets and, you know, ate some comments that he made about Brock Purdy and that 49ers offense. No doubt about it. However, Joey Porter Jr. played just seven snaps yeah. on Sunday, which raised some eyebrows. You know, you draft this kid the second round. Why is he only playing seven snaps? And Mike Tomlin addressed that a bit today. And I'm going to have more about not just Porter's snaps and how mm-hmm. the rookies graded out and personnel and all that stuff on, on DKPittsburghSports.com. But the fact that the Steelers were taken out of their game plan so early, changed everything. Everything. Coaches have to adjust on the fly just as much as players do. And the fact that the 49ers came out as hot as they did, the Steelers started out three and out, three and out, interception, three and out, three and out on their first five drives. That changes everything for the course of the game. So is there a reason why Joey Porter Jr. didn't play, you know, any more than seven snaps? Yes. Part of it has to do with game flow, and let's put it this way, okay? What does this do for Joey Porter Jr.? If he gets onto that football field and the Niners are just melting through the Steelers' defense like they were on Sunday, 
Let's say Joey Porter Jr. gets in there for his first career series. Debo Samuel runs right by him, mosses him for a touchdown grab. And all of a sudden, what do you do to Joey Porter Jr.'s psyche? I get it. He's a pro. He's a high-profile draft pick. His dad's a former Steeler. He's been around this environment before. But on the field is still on the field. As Mike Tomlin words it, stadium environment is still stadium environment. It would be not destructive, but it would be difficult for Joey Porter Jr. to be rolled out there and to get burned, much like he did against George Pickens at point during training camp, only this time there's no whistle and reset. This time there's real legitimate impact as to why things are happening in that way. So with that being said, we will still have to wait on Joey Porter Jr. and Broderick Jones to get their times. It's just a matter of when, and it's a matter of how it's going to happen on a consistent basis. <laughs> Pop, come up. This is Presley Harvin by Kenny uh, Kenny Pickett at dinner for saving him from having to make eight punts. With, uh, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> 33 yards a punt, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Presley Harvin. Yeah. He was not Mike good. Tomlin said Everybody. specifically in his press conference, punting, bad, punting. Yeah. Mike Tomlin was so angered about punting that he brought it up in his press conference. Yeah. I so, mean, it, it's, it's, and, and, and w- listen, Mike Tomlin does not shy away. Usually he protects his players, you know, at, at you know, he's not going to, you know, go- call out anybody. But if somebody asks about a certain player, I remember last year I asked about Gunnar, Gunnar Olszewski after the, the fumble against the Patriots. And, you know, I was like, what's the faith level there? He was very blunt. And he was like, there's not a lot, right? There's not a lot of faith there right now. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, geez, all right, cool. Um, you know, but that's what Tomlin does. Um, listen, I, I kind of want to go back to this offensive coordinator thing because somebody brought it up. Sure. Um, hold on real a second. Quick, real quick, Randy oh. brings up time of possession, and without making this a huge point, you know, when the Steelers yeah. start out as bad as they did and the 49ers yeah. eat clock like they did, it's hard to win that time of possession battle when you don't have offensive flow going. This mm-hmm. goes back to the discussions about – Kenny missing throws and Matt Canada calling four verts on the eight yard line as an example. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael asks, uh, has there ever been a no coordinator that our fan base has liked? Um, well, I remember uh, um, uh, now I can't speak for the fan base it, itself. I, I just, I can't, I, there are just too many people to, to, to speak for. I honestly didn't understand a lot of the hate with Todd Haley because under Todd Haley, that offense put up a lot of points. Now, granted, there was a lot of talent on that offense. You had Ben Roethlisberger still in his prime. You had Antonio Brown as the best receiver in football. You had Le'Veon Bell, who was one of the two best, two or three best running backs in the league. Martavius Bryant, um, you know, Marcus Wheaton for a while, Juju Smith-Schuster for a while. I think Juju was after Haley. If I, I can't remember. I get the timelines mixed up. But, either, uh, you know, either way you slice it, that offense was productive under Todd Haley. I, whenever you want to complain about – at that point, you're complaining. It's like first world problems. You're, oh, we're not, we're, we're, we didn't score 30 points in this game. We only scored 27. It's like, okay, come on. Maybe the defense needs to do its job, mm-hmm. you know, and that was more of the problem back then when the offense was way ahead of the, where the defense was. I, I, I'm not going to talk about all of the, uh, and Bruce, yeah, and Rick, Rick brings up, I had no problem with Arians. Arians was a good uh, OC too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of One talent. Of the best. Run- not a lot of talent at running back while he was there. I mean, who were who were the running backs on the Super Bowl team in, in 08? Mendenhall. <laughs> no, that wasn't even Mendenhall. Or, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm too far ahead, yeah. Yeah, that was Welde Moore. Yeah, I was too far ahead <laughs> on mean, that. The, You're the, right. The, there was uh, a Gary Russell had the, had the rushing touchdown in that game in the Super Bowl, I think. Now you're there, just dropping I mean, they, names. They, they had nobody at running back in, the, in that season. Just, now you're they just re- showing off. 
Oh, well, you had Willie Parker, uh, obviously. Yeah, that, Willie that Parker. Was, but that was like post-injury Willie Parker, who was obviously not the same guy after he uh, tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, I mean, not a lot of talent there. But this is not about like, oh, let's just always complain about the OC. There are real issues with Matt Canada's offense. We've been talking about it. Here's a stat for you, and I'm pulling this from my head, so I, I don't have the exact numbers. But the offense has never gotten put up 400 yards in a game under Matt Canada. That's a problem. That's a serious, serious problem. In today's NFL, in today's yes. NFL, massive problem. Massive that is problem. a massive, massive, massive problem. And that's not just a Kenny thing. That's not just a bad offensive line thing. That's not just injuries thing. That's not just Ben in his last year. He's a shade of himself thing. That's all under Matt Canada. Mm-hmm. It's a Matt Canada problem, period. Now, maybe some of the players, some of the talent that they have can help, you know, do whatever they can do with, with his, you know, within the schemes and everything like that. But unless Matt Canada has a drastic change in what he does and the way he calls games and the way he draws up plays, it's just not going to change. It's just not. Mm-hmm. It was a mistake to bring him back or to, to keep him on. They should have let him go, but it is what it is. This is this is the bed that Mike Tomlin made whenever they kept him on. Art Rooney second, you know, had his back on that. This is the bed that they made, and they're going to play it. Now, maybe Matt Canada shuts me up. Maybe he does, but so far he hasn't. And so Carl, Carl yeah. asks, we have about six minutes to go here on a Tuesday here on the South Side Beat, and then DK and Ramon Foster coming up at 4 Eastern for the Ramon Foster Show, as always, Monday through Friday. Carl asked, how can we expect next week to be any different in play calling? And this is a fantastic point that I think we could either expound on now in these last five minutes, or we could even lead the show off tomorrow with, because this question, first of all, you have to take into account that the line did give Kenny Pickett enough time to throw and Kenny Pickett got rid of the ball as he should on time. He got rid of the ball on time. Now where it was going is a different story. He did not necessarily know. So, the offense and scheme, you have to keep in mind that the Browns are just as multi-layered on defense as the 49ers are. Well, when you look at the pass rush, Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett is as good as nearly they're going to see. Chris is shaking his head no, and he can disagree with me in a moment. I'm shaking my head. and, and The yeah, linebackers uh, are not as good as what the 49ers brought. Mike Tomlin said it no. today out loud. He thought the cornerbacks, Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom, won the game for the Browns last week. Yeah. That Browns that Browns defense just held Joe Burrow, the highest paid player in the sports history, to what, 86 passing yards in week one? Yeah. So this is a Browns defense under Jim Schwartz, new defensive coordinator, who, who played very, very well in week one. And week one can either be the start of a trend or it could be nothing. We yeah. don't know yet. We'll have to find out on Monday. The secondary is is the strength of the Cleveland defense. Sure. Uh, I, I, that, that's, I'm not, I'm not arguing with that. And listen, I, I don't want anything that I say to, to be like, Oh, Cleveland is, is bad. No, Cleveland's a good football team. They are mm-hmm. a good football team. I, until it is proven for multiple games, run, like try to shove that football down their throat on the ground, because that was a team last year that could not stop anybody on the ground. Anybody. Mm-hmm. They sucked against the run last year. Now it's a different team this year. They've addressed some of the some of the issues up front. Make them earn it. 
Like, make, like uh, make them prove that they got better up front. Because what we saw last week was zero commitment to try to run the football. Zero commitment. And you ask any, you want to get the offensive line on the same page? What's easier to do, run block or pass block? Ask any offensive lineman. Run block. It's mm-hmm. always easier to run block than it is to pass block. And that offensive line, if you want to, th- if you want them to gel, they need to be able to run the football effectively. And you have a much better opportunity. I'm not saying the Steelers should go off for 150, 160 yards on the ground, whatever it is, but they should run the football better this week than they did last week. They can't run it any worse than they did last week because not only did they barely run the ball, they didn't run well at all whenever they did run, other than that one, that one big run by Najee against the prevent defense. Mm-hmm. So make Cleveland earn it. Jam the football down their throat. This is one instance where I do want to come out and see them run on first down, run on second down. Just not jet sweeps. Try to impose your will right away. Give the rock to Najee. Let him run. Run the mm-hmm. ball. And if you can't do it, then you you have to, you know, then obviously adjust your game plan. But that's we what you make not, them do. We do not want to see run, run, pass, punt. And if we do... Woo! It'll be a okay. different. It'll be a different. It'll be a different flavor next week. Don't I, I, do I, what I'm you just did. being facetious. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, don't do what you did last week. Where are the 49ers the weakest? Where are they strongest? Well, they're strongest with probably, obviously, Nick Bosa and then Fred Warner in the middle of their defense. And where did Matt Canada keep attacking the 49ers? Right in the middle of the freaking defense trying Mm -hmm. to do all these shallow crosses. They ran eight shallow crosses in that game. And Kenny Kenny was one for four on those. That's not good because they kept kept attacking Fred Warner, who's probably the best coverage inside linebacker in the league. Why don't you try attacking them where they're weak? Attack the Browns where they're the weakest. Last, Last year, that was their run defense. Their run defense sucked. Attack them where they're weakest. It's not, it's not rocket science. Um, I just saw a comment that brought up uh, prime prime time. I believe <laughs> this is about Deion Sanders. I'm not expecting the Steelers to fire Mike Tomlin for Deion Sanders anytime soon. I just no. don't think I don't think that is going to happen. That might um, be yeah, that's like Mike Tomlin <laughs> thinking about taking the USC job. <laughs> that is not going to happen. Um we have to get out of here on a Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. I will be inside of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. The locker room is scheduled to close at three. So will Corey make it? For showtime, we will find out tomorrow. We'll find I out. will definitely guarantee that I will be inside of the indoor facility with bad lighting, <laughs> bad sound, bad internet, all the a whole nine yards. Because I will be in that locker room. You know, I will be in that locker room. So we will find out. Yeah. But for now, DK and Ramon coming up in about thirty minutes here on DK Pittsburgh Sports for the Ramon Foster Show. But this has been the Southside Beat. Chris and I will be back tomorrow, three p.m. Eastern, here on DK Pittsburgh Sports for Chris Halleck. My name is Corey Christen. Peace.